Creative Brain Candy by Creators for Creators. Simply Stogies is a passion project that is fan-funded. If you enjoy the content Simply Stogies brings to you and would like to see more and different kinds of content, a website, more on-location podcasts with blenders, manufacturers, or retailers, or video reviews, please consider supporting Simply Stogies on Patreon at patreon.com slash simplystogies. Supporting Simply Stogies can get you a ton of perks, including instant access to bonus material, access to Simply Stogies Discord, including a Patreon-only channel, shoutouts on the show and social media, a monthly virtual herf with myself and other supporters, the ability to suggest cigar reviews, cool swag, or the opportunity to do a cigar review on Simply Stogies podcast. Thank you for your consideration and your generosity. Now, on to Simply Stogies. You're listening to Simply Stogies, a monthly podcast dedicated to the cigar enthusiast. Light up a stogie, sit back and relax while James brings you along on his journey as a new cigar smoker. Simply Stogies will review cigars, discuss topics that cigar aficionados find important, and will probably learn a few things along the way. Now, here's your host of Simply Stogies, James. Welcome to Simply Stogies. I am your host, James. Uh, today, we are joined by Jeff and his wife, Mary, at Safari Cigar Lounge in Omaha, Nebraska. That's where I'm at, right? Yes. Omaha, Nebraska. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so, uh, welcome to the show, guys. We're going to talk uh, about the lounge. We're going to talk about how you both got into the industry, how you both started the hobby. Uh, but before we do, make sure you go to creativebraincandy.com. Check out all of the great podcasts we have there, including Bad Gamers Anonymous. If you are into video games, check them out. Cat Caden, uh, talking about the latest and greatest, uh, video games. The PS5, uh, pre-release is out. You can pre-order that, uh, as well. Uh, we're also looking for two new hosts for Bad Gamers Anonymous. So if you are interested in podcasting, no experience required. Creativebraincandy.com. Click the apply button and uh, talk about video games. So, Mary Jeff, thank you for uh, coming in this morning. It's a little early, <laughs> uh, I think, for all three of us. Uh, but I do appreciate it. When I when I heard your story yesterday, Jeff, when I stopped in and, and looked around and you were here and got to talk to you and your wife a little bit, it's a great story how you got into the industry. But before we start, let's start at the beginning. How did you start smoking cigars? Well, I was um, 17 years old. And I was out pheasant hunting by myself. And I saw this wounded pheasant run, fly over a hill. And I shot it, but I knew it was somebody else's bird. And I picked it up, and there's an older gentleman in his 80s come up the hill. And he goes, I, I, I know I just wounded that bird, but he says, you got him. It's your bird. I said, no, it's yours. I'll get and so we, we were a long ways from the car. So I walked back to his car, and he goes, would you like a bourbon and a cigar? And I said, I'll try the cigar, but I'm, I'm 17 years old and I, I didn't drink at that time. So he gave me a cigar and we sat there and he had a lighter cigar, which was good for me. I didn't really enjoy it, but I enjoyed the camaraderie with this gentleman. And we, 
he lived till 97 and we were friends all the way up to that end and we hunted together and became a great friendship and a lot of it was around cigars and it's kind of interesting about the cigar culture i all my friends are either hunters or cigar smokers and i've made a lot of great friends through it and especially cigars i think it's kind of i think we talked yesterday it's kind of a great equalizer you know you're all kind of on the same page you enjoy the leaf no, for sure. I think it is a great equalizer from kings to street sweepers. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's everyone who comes in is the same. So I asked I asked your husband yesterday, Mary, did you get your wife into cigars? And his answer was yes. Is that true? How did you get into cigars? That's true. When we uh, first started dating, he brought me into the whole cigar industry. Prior to that, I didn't even... I smelled cigars and liked the smell of cigars, but had never smoked a cigar. So we, when we started dating, we would come in here and, and have a cigar. And I'm like, I've never been one that is a spectator. I'm like, okay, I'll try this. I'd rather be a, you know, participant. So I just kind of slowly got into it. Um, honestly, kind of started off with the sweeter cigars. And then it wasn't long before I was just going to non-flavored cigars but it's been great because as jeff said i we've just met so many people um the networking is amazing just overall really good people okay so that's how you got into the industry and that's how you got into smoking cigars what are you smoking this morning jeff i'm smoking an atabay as am i <laughs> atabay is amazing one amazing of the, yes one of the best cigars on the market mary what are you smoking I am smoking an Oscar Superfly, Connecticut. The Superfly. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and I love the band on it, too. That's I think, what, yeah. yeah. It's a girly cigar. <laughs> I don't know. Kind of. I don't know. Label. It, I, well, maybe. I, it's very throwback. It's yeah. very throwback 70. I, I, I love yeah. that as well. Uh, and I'm smoking an Atabay Toro. This is just a fantastic cigar. Uh, and again, uh, Rodney has ruined it for me. He he gave me my first, a friend of mine gave me my first database a couple of weeks mm -hmm. ago. I'm like, great, thanks for that. Now I've got to go buy boxes and boxes of these. I had a friend of mine, um, you used to smoke Swisher Sweets. <laughs> I said, nothing gets this, but I'm going to give you a cigar. You try. He still tells everybody I ruined his life. Because <laughs> after that, he goes, I can't smoke these Swisher Sweets anymore. Right? Yeah. I, maybe not my life, but my pocketbook. Yeah. It definitely hurt the whole pocketbook. I'm not knocking that product. <laughs> but I mean, like, I'll knock it. Okay. I, uh, uh, we'll talk about the FDA here in a little bit, but the FDA has now said that they are not, Swisher Sweets are not a premium hand-rolled cigar mm -hmm. under the definition that the courts, the FDA and the PCA, the CAA and the CRA have all said, yep, we agree with that. So, Swisher Sweets, not the king of cigars, Jason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeff, how did you get into the industry, the lounge? You bought this lounge. You, you've turned it around. We talked about it yesterday. You have such a great story about how this place, how you envision this place and how you got it to where it is today. Can you talk about that a little bit? You know, um, I had, I, I believe this place has been a cigar bar now for, now we've had it seven years, going on eight. And I believe it's about 23 to 24 years. And I started actually come up here to smoke. You know, over the years, at first it did well, and then you started to see it deteriorate and deteriorate. And Growing up, I started working with my father when I was 10 in a small business. And so you always get this business mind. And I used to sit around here and kind of fantasize a little bit and going like, 
I think if somebody just showed a little love to this place, that it would flourish. And as we saw it deteriorate and deteriorate, and it finally went into bankruptcy, I had talked to Mary about it. I said, you know, I'm going to take a run at that, but I'm not paying anything for it because it had a bad name to it. And it's hard to get over that stuff. And I had talked to the landlord about it. And I said, you know, if it comes up, I'm not paying, I'm not going to buy it. But if you want somebody to take it over, and I'm just going to run at as I've got this vision for a scar bar. And I've been in quite a few, and I've seen what I didn't like and pieces I did like. But he said, what do you think? He goes, I, do you think you can make any money out of this? And, you know, I don't know. It's a, When you look at a business, you look at it long term. It's not what we're going to do this month or what we can do to uh, build a business quick. It's a long-term process. So out of the blue one day, and the landlord called me up, and he said, uh, can you come over and talk to me? And I said, sure. And I thought he wanted to talk to me about, because I knew the gentleman that had it before, and it had gone into bankruptcy. And I had helped him through the bankruptcy a little bit, and uh, I thought he wanted to talk about bankruptcy. And he goes, were you really serious about taking that over? And I'm sitting there going, well, now you threw it in my lap. You mean, and I'm going, <laughs> well, where are we at with it? Because I'm not, I'm not going to pay. There's, it was a very complicated story. And there's a couple other owners that nobody got paid. And it was, it'd take me hours to explain the whole thing to you. Right. And I said, well, yeah, I am. He goes, he goes, I got one question for you. He goes, everybody loved the name of the place, but it had such a bad reputation. Why do you want to change it? And I said, well, I'm not running a pseudo strip club cigar bar. I'm going to run a cigar bar. I'm going to run a cigar shop. And I'm going to stay focused on cigars. And that's a clientele I want. And I think long term, we will be able to build this into something. But we have to stay focused. You can't be, you can't be good at 10 things. I can't, you can't have music. You can't have a bar. You can't have, you can't have everything. And I felt there's a market for it for what my vision was going to be on it so he goes well he goes it's yours so he just threw me the keys <laughs> so i call mary and she goes she thinks she's having a stroke because she <laughs> the conversation didn't go too good she goes why would you even do that and she only saw what she, what was before right and i said well just follow my lead here because there's going to be a new sheriff um, we're going to get rid of what I, I don't see as long-term people. And we're going to stay true to the cigar business. And I believe in what I know of those people and new people that we will bring in, I believe that we can sustain a business and be successful at it. And so they gave me the keys. And tell you the truth, I had been in here a lot, but they had all the front windows blocked off. The front was full of wine. It was really dark. I turned on the lights and I'm going, oh my God, this is really bad. Because <laughs> they, they always had the lights really dark and they had candles on the table. You couldn't see anything. Oh, wow. So I said, I, I got to go home and think about this for a day. <laughs> so I called my manager, John. I said, well, we got it. And uh, come out tomorrow. We're going to have to rethink this whole thing. So we looked at it. It was full of product, but the humidor had been shut down for seven months. Oh, wow. They had a ton of liquors, you know, flavored liquors and stuff that, you know, that we, you know, I don't even know what to do with this stuff. Right. And uh, the original owners uh, wanted me to buy it. And I said, 
because it would be a turnkey for you. I said, no, just come and get it all. And if, and he goes, well, you want to buy the furniture? I said, I'm throwing the furniture in the dumpster. We're starting all over. I mean, I'm, I'm going to get this thing. We're going to repaint it. We're going to redo it. I'm getting rid of the wine. I'm going to open up the window so people can look in because that was kind of the mystery. I always, but I thought there was some evil stuff going on in here because you couldn't see it. Right. And so we spent six months tearing it all apart, repainting it and, and making it more comfortable and buying furniture that was more comfortable and, and opened up the doors. And, uh, it was kind of, it was a struggle at first because it had such a bad reputation. People would have to come in with their girlfriends or wives and make sure there wasn't something bad going on. <laughs> you know, and, and it was helpful having Mary here because I'd have Mary go talk to the wives right. or girlfriends and calm yep. that all down. Let's bring that down another level here. <laughs> There's no shenanigans yeah. going on There's here. There's no shenanigans going on here because, and, you know, in changing our clientele, and that's hard because there was people, because you look at them and you go, nothing against them, but they weren't the people. Right. And you have to take, you know, any great business takes a long time to build. It just doesn't happen overnight. So you have to have the fortitude. Is you got It's not hitting any long balls. It's not hitting a home run. It's just block and tackle every day. Yep. Here's we're going to run a quality business that's had integrity, and this is the direction I'm going to go. And I don't care. Nobody's getting in my way. And we've proven that theory to be right. And, but it's taken a while and we have some up and downs with mm-hmm. it and, you know, and, but we wrote them out, you know, in all businesses do. I've never, we've been a Anheuser beer, Bush beer wholesaler for 58 years and we've had some ups and downs in that thing. You know, everybody said, Oh, well, that's just easy. Look how successful you've been. No, <laughs> it wasn't that one. <laughs> if you only knew what's inside that squirrel cage, I mean, of, of, of everything that can happen and, but it's something I enjoy and I enjoy people and Mary enjoys people. So it was such a wonderful fit. And I always so thankful the whole thing just fell in my lap. And I always thank the landlord all the time is, Hey, thanks for giving me a chance. Cause a lot of people wanted it. Right. But I don't think they had that vision. And, and I was kind of glad, you know, you, you go off in a direction. You just hope, God damn, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I think you nailed it. There's definitely, this is when I think of cigar bar, this is it. This is this is what I think of from the decor to the liquor to to what you carry in the humidor to the staff. This is it. This is exactly what I picture in my head when I'm like, OK, I'm going to go hit cigar lounges. And typically they never live up to my expectations. Everything's a little bit different, a little bit skewed. Everybody has their own vision, but you share my vision somehow. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I really dig it. I think you guys have done a great job here. It looks fantastic. So kudos to you both. Thank you. It looks great. You hit on a couple of different things that I want to talk about real quick, and I want to bring Mary into this. Women smoking cigars. Now, this has been a thing since the 90s uh, during the cigar boom. I remember seeing Madonna smoke cigars. I remember seeing, you know, women on the cover of Vogue smoke cigars every now Demi Moore comes to mind. Are you seeing more women come into the into the lounge now? I would say so. I think you you know, you you see a lot of women come in with maybe their husband or boyfriend or and if I'm in the humidor helping them I think I always try to open up that door and encourage them as, you know, and maybe take them to a just a flavored cigar and say, you know, try to encourage them to try it. 
And a lot of times they do. You know, I think there's a lot of couples that come in here just because they like um, it is comfortable. So there'll be couples where, you know, maybe he only smokes, but she loves the place just because it's comfortable. But I think we are seeing more and more women that are starting to smoke cigars for sure. I've talked to uh, a couple of influencers that are uh, Instagram influencers that smoke cigars and they're in the cigar world. And their, their big complaint is that cigar smoking is typically seen, paint with a broad brush here, old and white and male. And so women are usually turned off by that. They come in, they feel like they're out of place. How do you guys handle that? How do you have your staff handle that? How do you get them to make the women feel welcome, to feel comfortable? I think, again, I, you know, I'll see some younger men come in as well. So there's some that'll come in and I'll, you know, pretty much say, I don't really know anything. What can you do to help me? So I, you know, you just kind of go through the whole humidor and kind of give them a, uh, I give them a little briefing of sizes and, you know, styles and things like that. Same thing with the women. I just think, you know, making them feel comfortable because I think sometimes people come in and they feel like they, they should know everything. So I just, I, what I do is I just try to make them comfortable. It's like you have to start somewhere. You I know? think the conversation. In, yeah. You know, when you love a business and you enjoy it, you can tell when you walk in, can't you? I, oh, I, yeah. I've seen cigar shops, and I'm not knocking anybody, where it just seems unfriendly when you hit the door. Mm-hmm. You know, and we and we can tell, you know, you, you watch people, their body positions will tell you what's going on with them or they're standoffish or if the couple comes in the wife's just kind of standing in front because she doesn't understand it nobody's helped them before yep and we don't high pressure anybody around here you know we come in can we help you you're looking for something you're you know we have this we have that and we kind of let them kind of cruise to south. but it's that touching everybody that comes through the door one way or another and it, it, and some people consider it work we consider this is something we enjoy. It's a passion. And if we can get somebody in this in, in enjoying cigars, we feel we accomplish our mission. Yeah, absolutely. And I think how the, how you have the humidor set up helps with that. I see a lot of humidors, not everywhere, but in, in a lot of lounges that I go, the humidor, the point of sale is not anywhere near the humidor. It's by the door or it's wherever. The point of sale for you guys is right as you walk in the humidor and right as you walk out of the humidor, it's right there. So yeah. whoever's whoever's there, like, hey, how you doing? Do you know what you're looking for? Like, So I think it's great. I think it's a great setup. I think that was well thought out, well planned. How do you train your staff? Because your staff seems – so John is, yeah. is who I met yesterday, Big John. Great guy. Knows his stuff. Like mm-hmm. he is – we talked – a little bit yesterday. He's a cigar nerd. He's like me. Yeah. Like he gets into the wrappers. He gets into the binder, the filler, the, the 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 all of that stuff. Like probably he probably gets into where the tobacco is grown. You don't want to ask. I do not. Want, I, we'll be talking about dirt in a minute. I mean, I'm going like what dirt? I mean, what? Yeah. Well, this has got more clay and there's some more. There, I think there's some iron in there. I go, oh, good for you. I mean, you <laughs> way over my head. Stop it right now. I mean, and you would just rather smoke them. I, I burn them down. I, I love the camaraderie and and I can appreciate all the workmanship and the quality behind it. You know, it's a piece of art to me. It, it is. 
Yeah. It absolutely, I've said that so many times that a, the cigar is, is art and there are, there's artistry in the making of the cigar and there's artistry in the, in the box making even. The passion behind it. Oh, for you sure. Know, and you talk to the cigar makers and the guys that put these cigars together, there's such great passion behind it. You mean, and you look at the love they have for these cigars and what they're so proud of their product, you know, from every, every line. So, that's kind of that's where I, I kind of fit in, and that's why I have John because he understands what the, you know. The, I mean, he can he can pick up the flavors and, but you know, all great businesses are never one guy. It's a team, and I've been fortunate enough, and that's what there's where my strong points are. I putting teams together, and Mary's been really great at putting our staff together. You know, and we've been very fortunate with people that we can find people with the same kind of passion. And, and I think sometimes the attitude of the, the owners passes down through the whole thing Absolutely. from your staff. And so we, we, we look for maybe not as knowledgeable people, but friendly people, you know. And, you know, there, there's no – we belong to a gym where it says the big signs, no judgment zone. You know what I mean? We, we don't judge you one way or another. We're just glad you're here, glad to meet you, appreciate your support. And that, and that definitely, I think, shows in your staff and how they interact with, with folks. I came in yesterday, bought a couple of cigars, talked with John for just a little bit, gave him my card. Mm-hmm. And didn't really, like, that was it. And I came in here, I sat down, and I, I started to smoke. I mean, we're in the bar area right now. It's a little after 9 in the morning. The bar is obviously not, no one's drinking, I don't think. <laughs> At least not yet. It's noon somewhere. But the bartender, Mallory, mm-hmm. uh, fantastic yesterday. Oh, God. Yeah, she lovely was, lady. Absolutely. She was engaging me like i didn't say hi or anything i just sat down and because typically i'm still new to this i've only been smoking cigars for a couple years and so i understand that trepidation when new cigar smokers walk into a lounge and there's all these cigars and you're so overwhelmed and you don't know you you don't know a robusto from a toro from a churchill front to a you don't know any of it, right? You have to remind me sometimes. You ever seen somebody take a dog into a veterinarian and he doesn't want to go? <laughs> they all, they stop and look. You know, they go, yep. oh, my God, this is way too much. And then you walk in, and it's how you approach people, too, because you can see that some people are nervous about it. So we just easy touch them. You know what I mean? You've been smoking a while? Well, not really, but, you know, if, we can, if you can say a couple words and open them up, then I can help. And some people don't want to help. Great. You know, have at it. I mean, I'll get out of your way. You know, yeah. But we just want to, the key to making everybody feel comfortable. And and you guys do a fantastic job of that here at Safari Cigars, Omaha, Nebraska. We'll get the address from you guys here in just a okay. little bit because I have already spaced it because it's way too early for me and I have not had enough coffee. Let's switch gears here just a little bit. Let's talk about local community. Small business is so important to local communities and the local economy, how has COVID impacted you guys as a small business? At first, we ended up closing down about three days early. You know, we knew it was coming, but, you know, we weren't sure how serious this was. And I didn't want my customers getting sick. I didn't want my employees getting sick. I We didn't want to get sick. You know what I mean? So we said, we just shut her down. And, um, and after a while, we start, you know, it got really confusing for us to even understand the virus. And I, I can't make any intelligent decision, 
comments on it because it's still so complicated. You right. know, but you know, we we could do curbside. We didn't do that for a month, and then we kept on having customers call. So we come up, open up, let them come in, grab some cigars, and go. And we spent the time getting the place again. We repainted it, went through, cleaned everything again. You know, getting ready to open up. And so it's it's you can't say it didn't hurt us, but I'm kind of really surprised when the day we opened up the doors, people start coming in again. You know, they were a little leery. They're wearing masks and and whatever you want to do here, we're all we were fine with it. You know, and so it's it's come around really nicely. I was kind of I'm really happy with the direction because we had to rebuild it once when we first started it. Then we had that Nebraska Fresh Air law came through where you couldn't smoke indoors anymore and we had to go fight that bill and i'm and i was thinking for those two months ago if i have to rebuild this thing the third time you mean, <laughs> oh, and i got to rethink this right, a little maybe bit. someone's trying to tell me something maybe, I'm a, <laughs> you know, maybe i shouldn't be in this business right. you know, but but it's you know in the last three months i'm kind of and people are getting we're, we're starting to see people are, are are getting more relaxed and coming in our bar business is picking up again our cigar business has been great people have been buying going home and smoking but we're starting to see people start trickling in more wear masks don't wear masks want to be separated whatever you want to do we'll help you here you know i mean whatever you, makes you feel comfortable but we're getting to see that uh it's it's really opening up again so and that's i think that's a good thing did you have to change your business model at all? How you thought about selling cigars? Have you ever thought about selling them online, curbside pickup, anything we, outside the box? We can't. We can sell online, but we, and if the thing prolonged, we probably go that direction. But in Nebraska, I have a twenty percent tax. You know, so it's I, we can only comp- work very competitive with with our cigar sales. But there's only a certain level I can get to because you have overhead. Right. You know, and so selling online, I wouldn't even be competitive. And we looked at uh, delivery service and, and but, you know, you, you get costs in driving a car around and they can buy them online so much quicker and faster. And so we kind of, that's not our line of business. Our line of business is, we sell atmosphere and comfort and knowledge. That's where that's where we're at. And and just as I said earlier, it's pretty hard to be everything to everybody. Yeah. So we were just hoping we could get back open again and get back to business as usual. And we have. And I was really, even the first day, I was surprised to go, boy, if anybody shows up today, I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> we were ready to make it. We just didn't know. We did not know what to expect. Really. Right. And we thought, well, we'll just take it day by day, week by week, month by month. And honestly, we opened June 1st. It just has kept building and building and building. And it's, it's we're getting been pretty doing, close to where we were at. Before. We really are. Yeah. You know, we had some, we had a loss, but I mean, I think we're going to come out of it this year. So, you know, and it, people have been in business a long time. You have times like this, you know. Yeah. Life can just punch you right in the nose, and you just, you know, you just got to, what's that line uh, where we uh, endeavor to persevere? 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's, as a small business owner, that's really the mindset you have to have going into it, right? Well, yeah. When you're an entrepreneur, that's a whole different word. That's a cowboy. And, you know, you just have to, you know, saddle up. You mean, and you'll run into those times where you just go, you can't let it defeat you. You just go, well, we'll just build it again. You mean, well, I'm not letting it beat me up. We just move forward. And what sets you guys apart is that you understand that the cigar, it's a people business. It is absolutely a people business. Yeah, you can get your cigars online, but you're not going to have that interaction. You're not going to have the atmosphere. You're not going to have the camaraderie, like you say. Well, you know, people look at a cigar business or a cigar shop as a business. It's much more than that. Because, you know, we have people, it's amazing because I've never had people as many times I've had here thank me for being open. Thank me for having this place here. You go, I can't, I appreciate you coming in. You know, I've never had, we thank them. But, you know, it's a place for them to come and relax. It's a place where you can walk in and there's some normality. You know, there's a place where if you want to sit and talk to your friends, if you or you just want to come in and and decompress and be by yourself and enjoy a fine cigar and keep your mind away from all the other world's hectic issues. And that's what that's one of the things I always enjoyed about cigar life. And I think that's kind of one of the most important aspects of a cigar bar. It's much more than just selling cigars. Yeah. You know? That is, I kind of look at the whole thing as a bigger picture. And as I said before, you can tell when somebody loves business. It, it's very obvious to me that they care about their customers. They care. Because I don't look at them as customers. I look at them as friends. That's a, good way to, that's a good way to look at it. That's a very good way to look at it. And I want to circle back to some of the things you said here in just a minute. But I really want to dig into being involved in the local community. So as a tobacco product, we get marginalized in society and we get thrown in with vapes and cigarettes and everything else. How important is it for you to be involved in the local community? Well, you know, when you look at a, a small business or a large business, it's all catch 22. And if you don't support everybody around you, the whole thing fails. And you have to give back. It's all about giving back. We, we do fundraisers for politicians. We we donate to local charities. You know, we get we have a lot of customers come in and go, hey, can you give us this for this, you know, golf tournament? And we, I mean, we're all about that. We actually buy product. We actually buy things so we can give back because that's what makes it all go around. And, and, and I understand where the internet is and, and it serves a great purpose in some areas. But if you don't support your local shops, your whole community fails. And that's what you have, you see in these small towns. You know, that's why they're all drying up because people have gone to more internet or yeah. they'll travel further to go get something. And then the, the local entrepreneurs start suffering and then they don't have money to give back. You know, you look at our overhead here and the things, the products we buy from the, all the local liquor wholesalers. Our paper products, our cleaning people that come in, everything's local. I don't, we har- we don't buy anything on online, and it costs me a little bit more sometimes. But what is a bigger picture of the cost if you don't support local people? It's a bigger picture than you can believe. We hire, we got ten people working here, and and that all makes it 
turn around. It all comes around. We get people all the time. They come in, you know, they're, they're sales when they put it in a market and they go, well, we can save you $5 a box on these. I go, doesn't matter to me. It, in the long run, it's going to hurt me. It's just like if, if you have a customer that causes you problems, but they spend a lot of money, you're better off not having them because they're going to hurt you down the road. Absolutely. You know, so you have to only only deal with, with people that will support you and in, in, in enhance your business. How do you get that out? Because you do a lot for the local economy, for the local community. How do you get that word out? Because Johnny Cigar Smoker doesn't know that. They walk in and they're like, oh, you're just living the life. You get to smoke cigars all day. And it's a lot more than that. And what you add back into the community, just from a small business perspective, not even from the, the cigars perspective, mm-hmm. from a small business perspective, is immeasurable. And if they if you lose that, your local economy loses something, right? Yes. How do you explain that to Johnny Cigar Smoker? Well, it's pretty hard, but you know, it's word of mouth too. And I think that's how we build a business. You know, we looked at a bunch of different advertising pieces. I told Maryson, this is something you're going to have to love and enjoy, or we, you can't do it. And I tell all my employees that. You know, if we help somebody out, they tell a few people. You know, I don't want to boast too much. I don't like boasting about what we do. I feel it's my duty to do that and help the community out. Because I live here in this community. I work here in this community. We are part of this community. So it's not like, oh, look how great we are because we're doing this. I don't look at it that way. I look at it as my duty yeah. to, to support these things. And we try to do as much as we can. We set a budget every year. And uh, we always seem to fulfill the budget. I mean, but it, it, <laughs> and we looked at we we had some bigger things we wanted to do this year, but, but COVID things got shut down on us a little bit. And uh, we had an event last night that we booked in a day. You know, I mean, but we had to cut the numbers down. Right. Yeah. So it's coming around. It's 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 a journey. <laughs> <laughs> Let me let me ask real quick before we start talking about some other things. <laughs> How did you convince her to do this? Look, my wife hates it. She doesn't hate how it smells. She doesn't hate the time that I spend, you know, enjoying the cigar. She just hates how much it costs. She hates how much, you know, <laughs> like of a time investment that I that I have into it. Like, how did you? How did he get you on board? How did he get me on board? Yes. Well. Tell me his secret. His secret? <laughs> I don't know. It was kind of slow and gradual. Again, when he initially told me, I was like, ooh, I don't know about this. But he's like, no, 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 new sheriff in town. So we actually hmm. took a road trip to Kansas City and went to. We went to Outlaws. Outlaws. I said, let's go down to Outlaws in Kansas City. Let me show you what a scar <laughs> shop looks like. Right. You know, and the type of people and what the direction they're going. To tell you the truth, I've never really had a great idea in my whole life. I've just stole a bunch of stuff that <laughs> looks like it works good. But, you know, when you have a great partner, and that's where I've been fortunate enough to have Mary, you know, you work together and you build something. And she jumped right in. But, you know, I want to tell you something. I've gotten a lot less trouble with the scar in my hand than anything else. So you might want to <laughs> throw that out yeah. to wipe. Yeah. Like, yeah. No, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. A lot less trouble than yeah. some of the other uh, vices. Vices that, are out there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> so let's talk about 
society just for a minute. We've talked about local society as a whole is pretty divided right now. And everything becomes an issue that you have to pick a side on. Mm-hmm. And you said you want this place to be a place where you can come and relax and decompress and kind of escape from all of the divisiveness that's out there. How do you do that? Well, we do we, what I call timeouts. It be, <laughs> and, and, it, and we try not to watch the news because that seems to irritate people beyond belief. And so we shut the news off quite a bit unless they want to turn it on. But if they get to argue and I come up to them and go, do I have to put you two in timeout? <laughs> and, <I'll put> <laughs> and, that, and that calms them all down because there's so much negativity out there. And this isn't a place for negativity. No. This is a place to come and relax and enjoy. And that's the atmosphere. That's where that's where we live in a positive side. We try to keep it positive. And that seems to work out fine. And not watching the news seems to lower everybody's stress level down. Because that's on and something comes up and they go, is that a bunch of BS? Or you know, like, you know and then it starts up. I mean, it's like a piranha feeding frenzy because everybody's so, you know, it's just a very confusing time. Yeah. And. And you look at cigar smokers, a lot of them, it's just a lot of things out there. It's hard for them to understand because it's beyond what we understand as normal. But I guess that's the way the world goes, and that's the way it's probably going to be for a while. So if you have bastions where you can walk into a place like this or any cigar shop and just decompress, going like, well, you know, as soon as I hit the door, people say, as soon as I get to hit the door, I'm already starting to feel better. You know, <laughs> and you have a good scar in your hand. How mad can you be? Yeah. I mean, have you, really, right? have, you have a drink or a dot in a drink. We have people that come in. I mean, even though we have a scar, we have probably 25% people don't drink. I mean, True. just have iced tea or water. That's fine with us. Glad you showed up. I mean, glad to have you here. And you don't focus on... So this is this is this is different for me. And in, in in the state I live, Iowa, you're not allowed to have liquor mm-hmm. and a cigar, a cigar. Bar. So you can have the cigar shop, or you can have a bar. You can't have both together. You focus more on the cigar than you do the bar. Why is that? I felt the clientele we wanted to go after, and it'd be the clientele that will sustain the business. It was going to be the cigar smoker, but having the having drinks adds a little bit more to the ambience we have high-end booze we have all kinds of different scotches and bourbons and tequilas and rums and i'm looking at it it's it's top yeah. shelf stuff we try to find the best of what we can get the bar business is, is helpful in, in enhancing people to stay a little longer sometimes but to me the focus is on the cigars and i felt long term that was going to carry us and it's proven it over and over in especially during covert you know even though we had for a while we had a lot of business and we always had that but we were getting people coming in buying one or two and going or three you know and going because they were worried about the virus right that's fine great you know so that's that and we're still seeing that carrying us yeah we also have a lot of guys that just really like a bourbon a nice bourbon or a nice scotch with a cigar and just even the whole networking or they'll just come in and I think with the selection, it's it just enhances. It's it not for everyone, but we have a lot of we have a lot of guys that come in here, and it's like, what do you have that's new? 
you know, they're always wanting to try something new. And that goes in the humidor, too, you know, both ways. Because that's why we haven't gotten in bands. That's why we haven't gotten in happy hour. Because the type of people that we felt that will support us will be the kind of people that will drink in moderation. Have maybe one or two. Have a cigar. Don't drink at all. Whatever you want to do. But that concept works. But it takes a lot more time. And you, I mean, it just, it just work it every day. You know, you just can't sit on your computer and watch people come in and, and don't get up and help them or don't answer questions or don't interact with them. Cause most of my days, like I get home at midnight, I'm just exhausted from talking to people. I enjoy it, but we get to the weekends, Saturday and Sundays. <laughs> if, if we're not working Saturday. We don't go anywhere. We're just, yeah. It's like having 500 people at your house for a week. <laughs> you go, oh, man, I, I can't talk anymore. Yeah, I'm tired I got of nothing to say. Yeah. yeah, We just sit there. We have to recharge. <laughs> so is it quiet then on the weekends, you too? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that's interesting to me that you focus on the cigar because you have a background in alcohol. Yeah. So it's to me, it's I think you understand it better than some bar owners. Yeah, you have to understand the bigger picture of the whole thing. And the bigger picture is the scar smokers are going to carry the thing. And those are the people you want. And and nothing against anybody, whatever direction they go, because there's some other scar shops. Everybody has their niche. Yeah. You know, and some it works for, some it doesn't. You know, so, but I've seen those downfalls all along the way. And if you, if you stay focused, because scar people are are very interesting people in all walks of life. It's different than if, if you just run in a bar and you have happy hours and everybody's hammered. Yeah. You mean, we want some place where they can come and it's relaxing. There's not issues. There's no trouble. You mean, don't allow any trouble. Not at all. Right. I'm guessing you've had to cut people off at some point mm-hmm. with, with some folks. We've had a couple. We've driven a couple people home. You know what I mean? And they get online, then they can't come back. You know what I mean? That's just I, the staff is really good. I've worked with them that if they if they feel like there's someone that's kind of borderline, they'll come up and tell us and make sure that they either get driven home, Ubered home, or something. We don't want anybody to get. Hurt. We don't want right. anyone. You know what I mean? And that's our responsibility. Yeah. yeah, you know, we work really hard at you know carding people, and it it just doesn't it's a responsibility happen. Very often, but it happens. A, it's right. a responsibility of owning a business. Yeah, you know, I'm profiting from these people, and you don't want to see them get inebriated and drive up, get in their car and drive out. And it hit goes somebody. to that family atmosphere and that that family uh, that family vision that you guys have for the business. Yeah, when you care about a business, you care about it. Isn't about the business; it's about the customer. Yeah, you know. I think I, I related this to you yesterday, and I've lived with this saying since I've been 10 years old. Adolphus Bush, when he started Anheuser-Busch, Budweiser, in, Link, in, in, in uh, St. Louis, he wrote a book, and on the front of the book he said, if you take care of your customer, you'll never worry about your business. And that's that's always been our direction. That's something we live with in our distributorship all of our life. But when you like people, it's not hard. Right. If you don't like people, it's not a good business for you. <laughs> you know, I, I've been into some shops, but you know, you can tell nobody likes anybody. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The owner don't like you. Nobody. I think I've been in a few of those yeah. shops. And right? they seem to get people that don't like anybody either. Yeah. <laughs> you go to like, 
And it's all it's who who you're trying to attract. Yeah. Right. It's who the it, like you've said that you have this niche that you're trying to bring in. And I think that if you're afraid, like, so this is a Davidoff. This is a Davidoff authorized retailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think cigar smokers sometimes look at that and they go, oh, well, that might be a little bit out of my price range or it might be. They might be a little snobby. Yeah. You guys aren't. You guys absolutely are not. You carry a wide range of stuff. It's not just Davidoff. It's not just Adobe. I promise they have cigars that are not $30 a pop. But you guys, you you want people to come in and you want them to be a part of the family. You want them to be a part of that this niche this that you're trying to create. I yeah. think it's fantastic. I think you guys do a great job of that. Yeah. When we Whenever we travel, we always like to go to different cigar shops wherever we're at just to get a feel and it's kind of interesting i think for us when someone walks in the door we try to touch them hello how are you you immediately try to welcome them when we've gone to other cigar shops you walk in the door and they look at you like who are these two people (laughs) i (laughs) don't recognize you (laughs) yeah you've never been here before why are you here i like that no judgment zone yeah yeah Yeah, i mean we got to put that up someplace but i stole that from a health club i work we go to (laughs) i'm sure that will come back in wrong direction on me but uh, no no judgment zone come in if you're a new cigar smoker it doesn't matter if you're a a grizzled aficionado come in they've got something for you i think we've got 600 facings in there oh yeah and there's a ton of scars. There's some scars in there I can't even choke down. But it ain't about me. Right. It's never about the owners. It's about what your customer wants and what they enjoy. So, you know, if you want a flavored cigar, we'll, we'll get it for you. Right. You know, we've got them. And we think it's a great stepping stone into that, into the cigar business and into the life. And if we can help somebody get into that business, we feel good about it. it in smoking cigars because we know how it has enhanced our lives. Yeah. You know? So we've talked about local. We've talked about the shop itself. Let's talk about how scared were you guys with the FDA and what they were trying to do? That was worrisome. But, you know, you look at the bigger picture. Everyone knows, I think Mark Twain once said, I had a lot of horrible things happen to me in my life and some did. Meaning, you know, you get it in your head. Oh, my God, they're going to close us down. But, you know, you look at all the work, all the manufacturers did, all the lobbyists. Uh, Loop. Is it Gene Loop? Or, or uh, oh, Glenn Loop. Glenn uh, yeah, Loop. CRA. You know, CRA. And it's, it's worked itself out. So it didn't turn out as bad as we all thought it was going to be. Right. And it did look kind of bad at first there. You know what I mean? But it always looks bad at first. You know, but it's keeping your head and going, well, we'll work through this somehow, you know, unless they just tax you completely out of the market. You know I mean, which, <laughs> which it sounds like Nebraska is trying to do. Well, they're, it, it's not so much. It's not against us. They're just looking for revenue. Yeah. But we, what we fight really hard and we there's five of support a lobbyist every year that we pay for ourselves. We don't want to get lumped up in cigarettes. We are not a cigarette. No. But you look at it, these people don't, some of them don't smoke. They all, and you can, I'm not going to get any into what, what or what not cigarettes are, but we are not a cigarette. No. We, our people don't smoke cigarettes. I don't know anybody that comes in here that inhales or smokes cigarettes. You know what I mean? It's a whole different clientele. So 
we work really hard at distancing ourselves from that cigar thing. But every year we have to do the same thing because people don't understand it. But that's where we come in. We, 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 our knowledge to train them and there's enough information out there. So it helps us get out of that. How could Johnny get cigar smoker, Jane cigar smoker, how can they get involved in that fight? Is it, is it as simple as supporting your local B&M because they're the ones that are fighting? Well, if you look at the bigger picture, we are the ones that are fighting the front ground. And we're in, I just talked to a group, um, it's called Omaha's, um, Fishianos, and I don't. They didn't realize what we were doing behind the scenes. And I said, you know, next year we're looking at doing a scarf festival. We'd like to get you guys all involved in this because we're not taking the money. This money's all going to go back to our lobbyists and supporting local politicians that that are on our side in this. And we have quite a few. So it kind of surprised me in Nebraska because they and the people that the politicians that get it realize these people. You know, there's eight cigar bars in, in nebraska that have no trouble there's no fights you know there's the police don't even know where the places are at <laughs> right, right, right. You, you know what i mean and and it's the health issues on cigars are, are are minimal to what cigarettes are or is it addiction because you know you look at the average cigar smoker he smokes like four cigars a month that's not addiction i sometimes have Three a day. Yeah. <laughs> hey, three's my my limit, though. Well, it certainly didn't hurt George Burns. No, absolutely not. You know, and I had a friend of mine that smoked probably seven cigars a day. They ate. He, you know, and everybody's different, but he lived to ninety five. Yeah, you know what I mean. And because you're not inhaling them, and you know, they always go back to well, you know, you can get lip cancer or gum cancer. But, you know, that's from the 50s and 60s. I remember as a kid, my father had a friend that chewed cigars all day long, had one in his mouth. I never see that. I Have you seen it? No. no. <laughs> they smoke them. You no. Know, it's a whole different life. But I think with what you see, there's more, when you when you look at your average cigar smoker into guys that are aficionados or even nerds into, the, I don't even like to use that word. Or oh, even no, I do. We, we're nerds. That's yeah. all right. It's, it's fine. <laughs> But, they, but there's a lot more understanding, and that's what we do with our events every month, too. We bring a scar rep in, and he talks about where the scar comes from and the, the how they make it and where it came from and how they put the flavor notes together. So, you know, they're getting a more of an understanding of what it is, you know. It's a natural product. Natural product. And that's what we keep on talking about. And we've been successful in Nebraska so far for the last five years of beating this tax, but they haven't gotten it through yet. What what goes into that fight? What goes into the fight against taxation? What goes into the fight against regulation? Like, as a, as a lounge owner, what does that look like for you? Well, what you have to understand, you always get lumped up in this sin tax. You mean... We saw it in the beer business where they try to lump us up with alcohol. Well, beer is not alcohol. It is alcohol, but it's, it's more of a drink of moderation. You know I mean? Right. And we are a habit of moderation. And that's what we, that's where we stay focused on and keep on pushing that. Cause that's what we are, you know? And I understand it is never the state of Nebraska against scar smokers. It's they need tax revenue. And this year is going to be another problem. You know what I mean? There's been a lot of money going out and a lot, not a lot of money coming in. Yeah. And we're seeing businesses close around us. We see the restaurant business is struggling. You know, we're 
we're thankful that we're doing as well as we are, you know, and uh, it's, I think we're going to run into some different times. So we're going to have to be more vigilant and we're going to, you know, I have to get more people involved. But when we had, when we had to go and fight and get our new, our cigar barbell through, I couldn't believe the people that came out of the woodwork. We had two events here. We raised like $30,000. Wow. Cost us 140 to fight it. And we had people, we had lobbyists threw in their time. We, 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 we had two lobbyists we hired and, uh, and the grassroots of everybody working together at the end, I, I got, because I was spearheading it, I got too much credit for driving it. And I said, what everybody does understand is this is like the sun and the moon lined up. We had so many people that showed up to help us. We had nine lobbyists working for free wow. to help us get it through. And I think we can divert that kind of energy back in to keep on supporting our lobbyist efforts so they don't tax, even though, you know, they were looking at taxing everything, like a buck fifty to two bucks a stick, like in cigars or cigarettes, we're going to go up three bucks a pack and they're going to tax internet cigars. And, you know, and there's, you look at there's some places out in West Nebraska. If you want to smoke cigars, you're not driving 150 miles into here, right? You know, so those internet does have its place, but brick and mortar are are the foundation in but, keeping these the local shops going and having some place relaxing you go to. Ab- we, absolutely. Let me let me ask you this real quick. I think the PCA, the the CRA, and the CAA have done a fantastic job at a national level, on a federal level, fighting the, the, the evil FDA, mm-hmm. right? Are they, did you get any help for them with, from them when it came to, they were supportive monetarily, some monetarily, some, um, Gene loop came in. Yep. And, uh, we got some money from the I, IPC. The, yeah. Yeah. The PCA. Yeah. And yep. they also had what was really helpful they also had a computer program where we sent it out and all you had to do is punch in your area code and they'd send a letter to whoever your senator was, your local senator. And that was helpful. So we had a lot of support. We had a lot of people. We had a lot of customers. We got the word out. They got on board. We were a driving force into it. And actually, our bill passed. I think there's 48 centers. Two declined. Wow. And I was down there for the for the last call, and I was with a friend of mine. He's a lawyer here in town, Brad Boyum. And he goes, we we're trying to get a copy of the bill. We we're trying to get a picture of us down there. I said, let's get out of here before they change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> and we knew the governor would sign it. He already said he'd sign it. Because, you know, they looked at, you know, uh, Nebraska's pro-business. And they don't want to, they don't want to lose business because they look at the economics of the whole thing. Right. We shut down. It isn't like, okay, we lose five people. But look at all the stuff we buy. Yeah. I mean, it's just. I, I, like you said, from the na- something as small as napkins, it's all local. It's mm-hmm. none of it's outsourced out of state. It's all local to, to Nebraska. Yeah. So I yeah. think I think that's fantastic. And a lot of people don't understand that. And they don't realize that. And I think that now that the FDA fight, I don't want to say it's over. I think they've got to go back to the drawing board and kind of decide if it's worth their yeah. time and effort to go after the cigar industry. And I don't think they will. Uh, the PCA, the the CRA, those, those types of organizations, they 
they really need to start focusing more on local because that's where the fight is coming. They, they were, but now they backed off. And there seems to be all this dissension in it. I'm, I'm not getting in. Uh, yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I, I mean, wouldn't I, either. No. You know, I, I got my own battle here. And I only fight the fights I think I can win. And that's not one fight I'm going to win where the direction they were going, like the, the convention in Las Vegas. Do you go to the convention? We have. And it's okay. We find it's it's. I get more out of it by talking to local other scar shop owners, yeah. you know. And I've gotten more out of in the evening when everybody's at certain bars and seeing what people are doing and having dinner with them. And we've met a lot of people doing that. It's it's okay, but it's a lot of expense. And I always just wondered too. I said instead of doing this. Why don't you just give us deals so we can get our price down? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, we're fighting now in Nebraska. We'd like to get rid of this 20% tax we have. And and as I explained to these guys at Omaha uh, Scar Aficionados, I said, we're not looking. I would like to drop my price 20%. I would like to be more competitive. I, you know, but when you have a lounge, you have an overhead here. I mean, yeah. I, you can't buy the chairs out in front of three grand a piece. Yeah. You know, these are a grand. Yeah. You know, you have overhead here that in, in this air system, I know you notice the smoke going. Oh up yeah, in no, there. This, it's fantastic. The thing costs yeah. me a grand a month to run. Like I'm hoping that I can I can clean it up uh, in in post editing, but I, you can hear it. I mean, yeah. it's not bad. Like when you're sitting here, the mics will pick it up. But while you're sitting here, it's not bad. But there's literally the smoke immediately goes away. Goes up and away. Yeah. And, and even last night when there were probably 25, 30 people in here, mm-hmm. there's no smoke. It was absolutely fantastic. And I know some cigar shops you walk in. It's not like that. I mean, you, it's like you're walking into a cloud. Right. Yeah, you walk into a cloud. It gives me a headache. Oh, I yeah. Mean, I, and, and I'm not banging anybody that no. doesn't have a system, but they're expensive. Oh, yeah. They're not cheap. The maintenance on it, it is about a grand a month by the time I'm with the electric and, and keeping it maintained. we got to pull the filters every month. got to get up on the roof, jerk all that, clean it. I mean, Ugh. clean all the vents. I mean, it's... A, and with COVID, I would imagine you're just wearing a hazmat suit when you're doing that. Oh, God. Who knows? <laughs> I... I <laughs> Don't get me started on that COVID thing. <laughs> We're trying to keep be positive yeah, here today. Yeah, positive, yeah positive, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Talk about positive uh, positivity. We'll go back to the kind of dovetail back into local community here. In Iowa, I think I've told you this, the nearest cigar shop to me is like an hour and a half away. Mm-hmm. Des Moines has four or five shops. None of them get along Yeah, at all. Yeah. In Lincoln, which I'm heading there later today, talk with uh, uh, Anthony Goins from mm-hmm. Capital Cigars and his humidor coach, Jeff. They get along with everybody. Yeah. They get along with the other shops. There's like two or three shops in town, and they get along with everybody. Would you guys get along with the other shops here in Yeah, town? we do really well. And we've got a couple new people coming, and I haven't got a chance because of COVID. I'm going to meet them because I need to get them on with us on our, our lobbyists. And uh, I don't take it personal. It's competition. Competition's sure. good. I mean, good or bad, competition's good. Yeah. And it keeps, and competition keeps businesses on the straight line and not getting lazy. Now, you can fight all you want, but, and and before I got in this business, I was friends with these shop owners and I'm still friends with them. And we had one, they had an anniversary, we bought them flowers, we went down there. I, I think the world of these people, they've been my friends for a long time. I'm not here, I don't ever look at, I'm not here to run anybody out of business. I'm just here to run my business. Yeah. That's all I care about. The way Anthony and Stacy from Cigars uh, in Lincoln put it is a rising tide raises all ships. Yeah. 
And that's, I think that's how businesses should I know should Anthony and Stacy very well, very nice people, you know, and they've been helpful for us. And I only wish everybody the best. I helped Anthony out when he first got started because he, he showed me the blueprints. So I'm going, Anthony, you can do this, but I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> You know, people come see you. Tried this. You got to do this. You got to do that. Go. We've done. We're all. We're. We're to plan Z now. You know, because we've done that. That didn't work. We did this. That didn't work. I mean, I can tell you. You know, not that we're experts, but we do know what has cost me money that didn't work. <laughs> I mean, and yeah. we did a lot of that stuff and going well. Trial and error. Trial and error. You know what I mean? And not. And it takes a long time to become a real expert. You know what I mean, and we're not, but we do know that. But every shop's different too. You know, what works one place, what works in Chicago, New York City, Tampa might not work here. Yeah. You know, so you kind of have to find your own niche. But Anthony has done a great job down there. He put a beautiful lounge in down there. Stacy does a Star Festival, which is she's done an excellent job with that. Yeah. You know, very nice people. Yeah, I talked to uh, Jeff, the humidor coach at Capital. I don't He knows you. I said, do you yeah. know, do you know the owners here? He goes, oh, yeah, they're really good people. Yeah. He's like, but with the, his name's Jeff. He goes, the name of name of Jeff. He's got to be right. Yeah, yeah. I get a kick out of Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Tony's a good dude. Yeah. I, he's a really good dude. I, I'm looking forward to the conversation with totally. him. I, I want to end this on kind of a fun note. Okay. How many cigars do you have at home in your personal collection, and how many do you know about, Mary? <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a great line they do about shotguns. This guy wakes up in the middle of the night. He goes, he tells his buddy, he goes, God, I woke up in a dead sweat and I had a headache. He goes, I was so worried that I was going to die and my my wife was going to sell my shotguns for what I told her I paid for. I've told my wife, I'm like, if I die, just give them away. Like, here's who you give them to. Don't even try to sell them. Just give them. You're not going to believe this, but I bet I only have in my house right now. Maybe 10 cigars. I got to get some more because <laughs> we're here so much. Yeah. I mean, and now hunting season's coming on. I have to get some more, put some stuff together. But So you smoke while you hunt. Yeah. yeah. That doesn't, I see, and a lot of guys do that. And I, I'm not, I have, I own firearms, but I don't hunt. Uh, I, I would imagine like it depends on what you're hunting, right? If you can smoke a cigar and not scare the. the well, it's, it's a fine art of not burning yourself. And, and getting the cigar in the right place, like if you're shooting a pheasant, so you don't stick it in the gun, or yeah, or burn a hole. Burn a hole in the. I've gotten yeah. really good. Like most of my clothes don't have burn holes in them anymore. You, mean, you see, Scott, sure, a lot of shop owners got burn holes. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good question. How many? How much do you go through in wardrobe? Because you work. Because you own this lounge. Like, is oh, it a lot? I, we tear stuff up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's just part of the game, you yeah. know. Or I mean, burn myself in the lighter. I can't or, tell you how many times I've asked on myself and it's yeah. like, oh, well, there goes that shirt. That shirt's got. But hole you know, in if it. you if you own a scar shop and you, or you frequent a scar shop, you got burn holes in your stuff. So you you're all kind of equal on the burn holes. <laughs> yeah. We keep actually some people have smoking jackets here. We actually let them keep I them here. Saw somebody with a smoking yeah, jacket a on yesterday. Front. I was like, yeah. holy cow. Who's got it? I don't have a smoking jacket. Yeah, I thought well, I need one. one, but I thought, oh, well, I'll just burn a I'll bunch burn. of holes in that. <laughs> <laughs> isn't that why you? Isn't that why the smoking jacket was made? So yeah. you burn the hole in that and not not your, your shirt. Not your shirt. Yeah. yeah, but I don't want to look too sophisticated smoking a cigar. Neither do I. Yeah. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, yeah, neither I, do I. We're just a family operation here. We're we're we don't have pretense of anything other than we enjoy this business. 
No, it's fantastic. You guys do a great job. I can't say enough great things about Safari Cigar Lounge. Give us the address. One three one one zero Birch Drive, Omaha, Nebraska. Look it up on Google Maps. That's how I got here this morning. I didn't know how traffic was going to be in Omaha, so yeah. I got here. I got here pretty early. I just sat out there and scrolled on Facebook. But you guys are great. You guys are fantastic. You have a great shop here. You guys have a great atmosphere. Thank you so much for sitting down with me this morning and talking with me about it, folks. If you're in Omaha, Nebraska, check them out. Uh, Savari Cigar Lounge. Uh, Jeff, Mary, tell them that you heard about it on Simply Stogies. Guys, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Join me next time when I don't know what I'll be talking about, but I promise it'll be Simply Stogies. Stay smoky, friends. Thank you for listening to Simply Stogies. Please rate and review Simply Stogies on iTunes. You can follow James on his cigar journey on Instagram at Simply Stogies Podcast, all one word, and on Twitter at the Twitter handle at Simply Stogies.